Well, to Enzo, he hasn't got much time, but he's got a little bit. Uh, he's going to bring the word tonight, and so um, enjoy, Enzo. Thank you. Good evening. If you've got your Bibles, can you turn to 1 Kings chapter 18? And I want to read there from verse 41 through to verse 46. 1 Kings chapter 18, reading from verse 41 through to verse 46. And it reads like this. It says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. So Ahab went up and he ate and drank to eat and drink. And then it says Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and there he bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked. When he came back to Elijah, he said, there is nothing. And seven times Elijah said to his servant, go again. And then it came to pass the seventh time. How many of you know it's good to persevere? The seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So Elijah said to his servant, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. And so Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins, or in modern speech, he tucked his shirt in. And he ran ahead of Ahab's, char of chariot, Ahab's chariot to the entrance of Jezreel. Father, as we hear from your word and your spirit tonight, may our hearts be open to what you want to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I found um, that this word gripped me very powerfully a couple of days ago and it resurged in my spirit today and um, we're going to keep this brief but I believe that in this word the Holy Spirit is speaking, amen? And so rather than just preach tonight or teach, I just want to dispense a prophetic word into this place and over our lives, and in fact, over this nation. And the word is, there is a cloud. There is a cloud. Just to give you a bit of background and context, because it helps, God had raised up Elijah at a time when the majority of the nation had gone away from God. The nation had been sucked into idolatry. The nation had come under the power of witchcraft in the Phoenician princess Jezebel, who was using Ahab like a puppet. And out of that, all the prophets of the Lord had been driven underground to the point that across the nation, not only was there a natural drought, there was a spiritual drought. 
And I would say tonight, I would submit to us tonight, that we don't need to be prophets to know that our nation is currently in a spiritual drought. And if we're honest, the church is in a spiritual drought. And in the midst of that drought, in the midst of that occult environment, God raises up a messenger, a prophet, by the name of Elijah. And Elijah means the Lord, he is God. You see, what happens when a nation goes into idolatry, we start worshipping many gods. And it takes a prophetic voice, it takes a prophetic church to rise up and to demonstrate that only Jesus Christ is the Lord. The only one, there is only one God and there is no other way to God except through Jesus. And there is no mediator, there's only one mediator between God and man. And the scripture makes it clear that that is the man, Christ Jesus. And so in the midst of all the opinion, he has to raise up Elijah. He raised up a similar Elijah before the manifestation of Jesus. His name was John the Baptist. And the scripture says he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And so the prophetic, in the prophetic sense, what we are and what we need to be believing God for and what we need to be crying out for is an outpouring of the spirit and the power of Elijah again. Amen. This time, not just the ushering in of the first coming of Jesus, but the ushering in of the second coming of Jesus. And Elijah had power under God to close the heavens. And he had power under God to open the heavens. God didn't let him get off scot-free. He had to birth that in prayer and intercession. But let me tell you something tonight, and this is the truth. The sine qua non, the prerequisite of every revival is a drought. When John the Baptist, where did the word of the Lord come to him to? Where was he? He was in the wilderness. Elijah seems to come out of nowhere. I mean, the Bible says, tells us where he was from, but he just kind of appears. Ahab has to say, man, you are a troublemaker. Is that you, O troubler of Israel? You know, we need some spiritual troublemakers in our nation once again. There was a man by the name of John Knox in the medieval times. He was a spiritual troublemaker. Um, Mary, Queen of Scots, said of him, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. Oh, that God would raise up the prophetic voice again. Because we're not called to be closed in the four walls of church. We're called to manifest in society. We're called to demonstrate the life and the power of Jesus in society. And so there is a cloud. And I want you to see here how Elijah goes up to uh, Mount Carmel. And prior to that, he says to Ahab, after a three and a half year drought, there is the sound of the abundance of rain. By the way, the nation was worshipping Baal and Asherah. They were like husband and wife. And uh, forgive me if you think I'm a bit crude tonight, but the way they worshipped them was through an idol. And Baal was basically what they did was they would um, put up a male sexual organ. And Asherah had the female one. And that's what they worshipped. So you can then imagine the immorality that was going on in the nation when you've got the whole nation worshipping Sexual organs, okay? By the way, just because it doesn't look like that today, don't think people aren't worshipping the same thing. And, and after this drought, you see, these were fertility gods, and the people believed that it was Baal that controlled the rain. And so when Elijah came and stops the rain, what's the Lord saying? 
Baal is an idol. I control the rain. I have power to stop the rain. I have power to release the rain. And so Elijah says to Ahab after the time of drought, he says, go up, eat and drink, because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. But you see, there was no rain yet. But he heard it. How many of you know, when it comes to birthing things in the spirit, you'll hear it in the spirit before you hear it in the natural? You'll see it in the spirit before you'll see it in the natural. You'll taste it in the spirit before you'll taste it in the natural. And there is an inner substance, an inner, as Hebrews 11 says, hypostasios, faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that breaks in your spirit before you see it manifested. And when it comes to revival, revival gets birthed out of a vacuum, but it doesn't come out of nowhere. Something was sown in the invisible before something was manifested in the visible. Amen. How long have I got, Pastor John? I've got to be quick. And so he says, I hear the sound. Ahab says, there's no sound. There's a drought. And then after that, Elijah goes up to Mount Carmel. And you remember that this was the same place where just recently he'd called down fire from heaven. And he'd exposed the prophets of Baal and Asherah. And they had been condemned to capital punishment. He had turned the heart of the nation back to God again. It says he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. But the fire falling wasn't enough. The fire fell on the altar, but the rain had to fall on the nation. You see, revival is not for the world. Revival is for the church. Revival is when I get on fire again and you get on fire again. And the Holy Spirit revives me again. And the Holy Spirit revives you again. And the drought in our soul gets, uh, gets eradicated through an inner flame and through an inner kindling of the fire of God. And the power of sin and habitual things that ruin us get broken over our life. And suddenly Jesus becomes real again. And our passion becomes real again. And our passion for the lost becomes real again. Fire is for the church. Because the church needs revival. To revive means something that has life in it and then died and needs to come alive again. But awakening is for the nation because the nation is dead. In a permanent state of death, dead in trespasses and sins. And so there is again a prerequisite. The fire must touch the church. The fire must touch my life. The fire must touch your life. And when the fire touches my life, then we can pray for the rain to fall on the nation. Prayer precedes revival. And so the fire of prayer comes on the church and the church begins to pray. And they're birthing something in the invisible. Then it's no surprise that the rain falls on the nation. And so Elijah goes up to Mount Carmel and he remembers how just recently he's called down fire. But now he needs to see the rain. Now he needs to see the job finished. And what does he do? It says he gets down on his knees and he puts his face between his knees. What's going on there? He's in a birthing position. He's in a birthing position. And I'm sure that when he said to his servant, go and see if there's the cloud, that he was travailing and groaning as if to give birth. And he sends him the first time. And the servant comes back and says, there's nothing. Let me tell you, many of us are in that place and we've been in that place. We've been in a season of drought. We've been in a season where all we're seeing is nothing. 
We've tried and there's nothing. We've tried to get that job and there's nothing. We've tried to deal with our financial situation and there's nothing. We've tried to be effective for Christ and there's nothing. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is speaking tonight and he is advancing and he's accelerating. And he says, if you look carefully, there is a cloud. There is a cloud. There is a cloud. Amen. Oh, you better take me off the platform, otherwise we're not going to finish tonight. There is a cloud. And so he sends the servant the first time. Servant says there's nothing. He's still birthing. You cannot base your prayer life on what you see. You cannot base your prayer life on what you perceive as what is possible. You have to act according to the realm of the invisible. Jesus says whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. I'm on, I'm on, we may not see this Sunday or Sunday's past on a Wednesday. We may not see this place full. We may not see multiple services yet. But there is a cloud. There is a cloud. There is something that births in the invisible before you see it in the visible. Merry Christmas, everyone, because now we celebrate the one who was the invisible made visible. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the image of the invisible God, the scripture says, the firstborn of all creation. And so Elijah is there on his knees with his head between his knees and he's birthing and he sends the servant. We don't know who that servant is. Some people think it may have even been Elisha. But anyway, whoever it was goes to see, comes back, nothing. Second time, nothing. Third time, nothing. Fourth time, nothing. Fifth time, nothing. Sixth time, nothing. Just like the armies that went around Jericho six times, the people in the, in the town are going like, these guys are crazy. But they weren't laughing on the seventh time. Because the seventh time, the shout came and the walls came down. The suddenly of God, the suddenly of the visitation of the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so... On the seventh occasion, as Elijah's grown, I don't know how long each one was. Was it an hour? Two hours that he sent him each time? You know, was it a few minutes? We don't know. But we know that the point came where the birthing took place. And after the fire had fallen on the altar, the rain fell on the nation. And the servant comes back and says, there is a cloud just the size of a man's hand. And he says, go and tell Ahab, to get his chariot ready and get moving. He birthed it in the spiritual, in the invisible. And then he got the release. It was ready in the natural. This was exactly the same way Elijah shut the rain, was exactly the same way he caused the rain to come. It was what he caused the fire to come. And the fire had fallen on the altar, but the rain fell on the nation. And I believe at an individual level, at a church level, at a national level, the Lord is saying there is a cloud. And he's looking to raise up the intercessors. And he's looking to raise up the manifestors. See, Elijah was a manifester. He brought the invisible into the visible. Let your kingdom come on earth. Earth, visible, as it is in heaven, invisible. There is an aggression a spiritual aggression, a warfare that brings the invisible into the visible and shakes us out of our unbelief and shakes us out of our religion, shakes us out of our Pentecostal religion, 
You see, many Christians, what we've done, we've just been happy to work with the fire or the residues of the fire. But we've not gone all the way to the release of the rain. We've thought that just because God is moving and people are getting healed or the church is growing to a certain degree or we've been baptised in the Holy Spirit, that that was the end in itself. It was never the end. You shall be, you shall receive power and you shall be witnesses to me. They didn't receive the fire in the upper room and then stay up there. They poured themselves out like water onto the streets and into the nations. And that is the apostolic prophetic mantle. That is the spirit and power of Elijah. A fluid church, a dynamic church, an apostolic church, a church that carries and manifests the fullness of Christ to a dying world. And so, what more can I say other than this? There is a cloud. That is the word that the Lord has called me to dispense tonight. And there is a cloud in our nation forming. And if our hearts will be open and if we will position ourselves, God will make us the conduits and the means that not only will the fire touch us, but the rain will fall on the nation. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Let us get on our knees. Let us, metaphorically speaking, or maybe in reality, do the same thing, whatever suits you, but let us do it so it's real to put our head down and birth what God has called us to birth. And no matter how many times we feel nothing, I'm praying and I don't feel nothing, I've put all my effort. Listen, do not grow weary in doing good. In due season, you shall reap if you don't lose heart. What if Elijah hadn't sent, had stopped on the sixth time or the fourth time, but on the seventh time, there's the breakthrough. Perseverance. Laying hold of the promises of God. The scripture says you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Whatever in your personal life you're seeing or not seeing, don't let that be the evidence of what dictates your psychological and emotional state. You may feel like there is nothing, but there's going to be a cloud the size of a man's hand. And that little cloud turns into a mighty storm. And that mighty storm awakens an entire nation. There is a cloud. And for that, Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory and all the praise. And I finished five minutes early, so give me a wonderful round of applause for that. <laughs> and I've got the flu. <laughs> awesome, great job. Yeah, really fits with what was happening in the atmosphere, weren't it? Good word for us tonight. You, you know, it's interesting, when the Israelites um, crossed over into the Promised Land, before they crossed over, uh, the, the spies went into the Promised Land and they came back with... Grapes. Grapes. What was the grapes? The grapes was a taste of what was to come. It was like it was a foretaste of the fullness of what they were going to experience. You know, I believe that the Lord wants us to taste and see that He is good. He wants us to have that hands cloud that's not the, the reality of what he's going to bring, but a taste of what is to come. And I believe that's what's taking place in this place tonight. His presence is here. His power is here, but who knows, it's not the fullness of what he wants to do. Um, I remember being in revival, and literally the presence of God was so thick that you could feel it, it as you moved around the room, you could feel the presence of God move with you. I mean, I'm talking where people were just stuck to the floor. Um, it was like bodies, carnage everywhere. The presence of God so strong. People would queue 
from six o'clock in the morning to get into church. We wouldn't leave church until four o'clock in the morning. And some people would leave and go straight back into the queue again, ready for the next night. What is that? It's a move of the Spirit of God. Unsaved people would come in and be convicted as soon as they walked in the door. Men were on their tractors and they heard angelic voices speak to them and say, get to the revival in Brownsville. And they drove through the night to get into the revival. And as they walked, drove into the city, they saw the queue outside the church, had no idea what was going on and figured that was where the angel was telling them to go. I could bore you with stories of, of, of girls that would literally shake under the power of God. Six-year-old girls, 10-year-old girls, lives that were transformed. What was that? Revival. You say to me, Pastor John, why are you so passionate about revival? Because I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. And we don't just need a cloud, we need it to rain. We don't just need a taste of the grapes, we need to enter the promised land. We, we, we don't just need good services, but we need the fullness of what God has for us. And I believe 2020, as we begin to pray and fast in the first 21 days, I believe we're going to see revival. I'm saying, God, I don't want another year of just normal church. I want God to show up in power, yeah? Will you stand with me? We're going to pray one more time and then we're going to finish tonight. Uh, we'll have some tea and coffee. And